The following podcast contains subject matter that may be unsuitable for more sensible viewers. Views expressed here do not reflect that of any community that you would want to be a part of. Listener discretion is mandatory. Mama, what this trans me? No, 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 no! Welcome back! Yes, hi, hi, hello, welcome back to Trenifesto. Um, just the show where we look at queer media representation and, uh, you know, stop worrying and- oh, Fuck, I screwed this up, holy shit, give me a second, I need to drink some water. Hello, and welcome back to Trenifesto, the show where we learn to stop worrying and learn to love bad representation. Thank you. Today, I am your host, Amelia Blair, and I am joined by- um, I'm Madeline, and apparently I can't do intros anymore because I'm completely lost, so fuck it. I have um, taken hi. the throne. Yes! This is Amelia. a coup. Amelia is our new host. And Congratulations. Yeah, because and then I'm the other- soft. Yeah, it's true. Uh, Ethot. And then the other person on the call, hello? Ree Carter, the co-hostess with the co-mostest. Oh, boo! That's boo. fantastic. That's terrible. I'm no. I'm funny. Well, maybe, arguably. Um, yeah, so, hey, welcome, and, uh, thank you for joining us, and surprisingly, we're still going, uh, given our current situation, um, so, just a bit of a, a bit of an overview, folks, uh, all three of us are now living in separate locations, and, um, a couple of us are going to be moving across country, I, I assume all of us will at some point, just because it's... Yeah, I mean, it's inevitable that I will come to Montreal. Yeah, Montreal is... It's just is a matter based- of when... Yeah, it's the great transmigration. We all have to go there. It's kind of like a weird mecca for us. For the, yeah, for those of you who aren't, for for our fa- like two or three fans who aren't Vancouver locals, the process is this: you move from whatever buttfuck town you live in, in either the interior of BC or the prairies, into Vancouver to be to live your best queer lifestyle. Realize that you will never be able to afford to thrive here. <laughs> move to Montreal, and then die in Halifax. This is the process. No, it, that, and we cannot deny the process. No, exactly. It's, it's basically, the pipeline. Yeah, when you sign up for HRT, this is actually one of the things they tell you. And it's like, now you will be abandoned by families and friends. You'll also move to Montreal. We don't understand it yet. Science is still out. So please learn French. And the yeah. truth and, is that the doctors don't even know that we wind up in Halifax yet. It's true. Yeah, no, they just the research they, just isn't there. I think I think it's something Science in the pills. needs to catch up. And also as a shout out to so um so as a good problem that we've also faced in addition to this, uh, we've recently had to up our um, storage on SoundCloud. Uh, one of the reasons being is is that we are gaining enough popularity, surprisingly enough, uh, that we Wait. wanted. Are you saying that people listen to this show? Uh, surprisingly, we're actually, as of recording this- I didn't sign up for that. We're around 750. Yeah, nobody told me that that was where this is going. Yeah, no, sorry. This is, I thought we were just all listening. We were just the three listening to this, just the sounds of our own voices. Um, uh, just some, uh, a cool thing though, uh, with the upgrade to SoundCloud storage, uh, we are able to obviously bring you the latest and greatest in queer representation media. Uh, however, we are also able to see uh, the top countries uh, who have been streaming our show. And um, I, 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 you know, unsurprisingly, shout out to Canada for being number one, because we are number one. But uh, also, we want to give a shout out to our fan, Singular, uh, in a couple of countries here. Uh, the United Arab Emirates, uh, thank you. Uh, Saudi Arabia. And shout out to our boys overseas. Woo! 
And uh, also, we'd like to celebrate the fact that we are the number one uh, podcast for queer representation in media in Slovakia. So, uh, you know what? It's all, it's all looking up for us. We're doing pretty good, all things considered. I forget. Have I ever told you my, like, Slovakia story? What's your Slovakia story? Okay. So, flashback to the 2010 Olympics. And it was... I think we were going to Olympics because there was a bunch of free shows. And we went to go see... I think the show was Ill Scarlet inward Ooh, eye yes. and mariana's trench which three bands that never made it outside this country and we really wanted to see inward eye but because of some scheduling things they we didn't get to see them which i'm still disappointed by and that's tragic but they had to stop the show to show the canada versus slovakia game mm-hmm. so during that we started going around and it was a nail biter yeah we started going around and introducing me to tourists as Rianovich, the uh slovakian uh ambassador who will be sent back to her home country and killed if the Slovakian team loses. <laughs> and that um yeah, so that, so we had many many drunk American visitors just just get very very upset at my terrible Borat impression. Yeah, that so that was that was that day and we saw Mariana's trench and that was that was good. Oh my god. I I just want to know are you proud of yourself? I that was there are still some websites where Rianovich is my username, so oh my God. it stuck around for a bit. Perfect. Well, Duchess Rianovich. <laughs> God, we need to do another one of those. All right, so uh, it brings us to, now that we've done the housekeeping, it does bring us to uh, going over tonight's episode. The uh, real so tonight, shit. Uh, the real shit. What you... What you what you subscribe for is our is our our, our cutting uh, this remarks. This one makes the big representation. Yeah, exactly. Um, the big dollar, I guess. We are reviewing the 2001 musical comedy drama Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Oh uh, yeah, a film written for the screen. Ah yes, the film written for the screen and directed by John Cameron Mitchell, based on Mitchell's and Stephen Tass' stage musical Hedwig and the Angry Inch. It is basically just kind of... Well, actually, I'll pass it over. Uh, Amy, you want to give kind of like a brief overview of what, uh, right. what you saw? Because I believe this is your first time seeing it, Yes, actually. so this is the first time I have seen this, which is deeply embarrassing and very sad. And I am quite disappointed okay. in the fact that I have only seen it tonight because it is phenomenal. So It's better late, better late than never. Um, we watched the 2001 movie, but it is a musical, like a stage play. Yeah. Um, and basically it follows the story of the East German transsexual Hedwig. Another former Soviet bloc country along with Slovakia. Oh my God. Who, That's it's all segue. coming together. After the fall of the Berlin Wall becomes sort of this pop idol, not pop idol, what, what, how do you describe her? Uh, like a like a punk rock, like, like sort of idol? like a proto punk. Yeah. Like, actually, I think that are you are any of you familiar with Wayne County and the Electric Chairs? No. no. They were like I'm an early cool. like a proto punk band, uh, founded like fronted by a trans woman, and I'm gonna send you the picture of the band, and you'll see exactly what I mean by mm-hmm. I think the inspiration is pretty oh, direct. Shit, that is uncanny. Okay, yeah, that is quite So I think it's a direct it's... reference. Okay. Holy shit, that's awesome. Yeah, no, that's amazing. Um so yeah, so it's what happens kind of... in this? Yeah, please close. Yeah, go over that. Reed, you want to kind of basically give a kind of an overview of the uh, the synopsis of the movie, the the plot? So, Hedwig and the Angry Inch yeah, it is about a individual from East Germany. Uh who and again spoilers this is a very good movie so 
please go watch it before listening to this. So that's our It seems important. I've watched it I once should... and it already seems deeply, deeply important. Mm-hmm. I think I should start tweeting out which movies we're going to watch ahead of time so that's people can kind of watch them and enjoy yeah. yeah, we should do that. Yeah, no, for sure. But anyways, Reese, As though we don't so, decide what we're going to watch 15 minutes before we watch it. Folks, we just kind of really do fly by the seat of our pants. So the chronological Assuming story is... Assuming we're wearing pants. Yeah, how <laughs> dare you assumption. assume? <laughs> did you just assume my undergarments? How, did you just assume my gender expression? <laughs> Listen, now that I am alone oh, wow. in my own home recording the podcast <laughs> with nobody else present... Yeah, heads up, who's naked It's here? honestly yeah. offensive that you would assume that I would wear it. pants. <laughs> so Hedwig is born a male in East Germany and grows up listening to in a broken home listening to American GI rock and roll and af- after graduating college ends up falling in love with an American GI who persuades her to uh present as a woman and get a sex change so they can get married and move back to America. So, And one of the instigating plot points is that the sex change is botched, and which leaves her with the, the uh, angry titular inch. angry inch. Yeah. Yes. So, and then once reaching America, the GI ends up leaving her for a man, which I'm sure we can all relate to. Been there, so, yeah, done that. We've all been there. From that point she decides to lean into her uh, thrust upon identity and transitions to a mid-career ContraPoints character um, (laughs) and (laughs) begins to perform music and ends up in a relationship with this young Christian boy who ends up taking a bunch of all of her songs and leaving and then getting it, into Amy, like this. was this not your like last Wednesday? This sounds exactly like your last date. Yeah, this oh. happens a lot. Yeah, no, it's fair. This is the Tinder. Good game. representation. We'll this. this entire this entire movie is trans culture. So okay. yeah, and from there and from there the uh, main plot of the movie is her and her band following her ex's more successful music career around the country while going through this ex- this uh, self-exploration and finding out who she really is, you know, in comparison to these people and these uh, yeah. situations that she surrounded herself with. So does that about sum it up? Did that's an yeah, excellent summary. Far better than no, I was I think that's going pretty to good. do. Yeah, especially for, like, just kind of throwing it on the spot. It's perfect. I was just going to we- read Wikipedia, so this is way better, which is great. Um, so, yeah, I, so now fun. we've kind of got over the... Oh, yeah, it's... I mean, Wikipedia is just great for any of this shit. I don't know how to do my job otherwise. Now that we kind of go over the brief idea of what the movie is about, um, one of the main topics we'd like to discuss first, and I don't know uh, which one of y'all put this in there, uh, but does Hedwig count as a trans woman? Because the interesting thing about this movie, uh, as we've seen in the past, there has been uh, movies where one of the main tropes with uh, transgender folks in movies, uh, specifically trans women, has been the idea of force femme. And even though I would argue that that was a part of this movie, it was handled very differently. Which begs the question of, you know, really is Hedwig a trans woman or was it a man forced to fem? So certainly... Yeah, this, the, oh, sorry. Go, I just want to say this because this movie fits into the narrative of queer art kind of, a, kind of in a similar place to Rocky Horror where it definitely toes the line of, you know, touching on the trans experience, but is I think it more than touchable. Touches. 
Yeah, well, this one, obviously, I think, and I think this more so than More than Rocky, Rocky Horror, Horror, for sure. But it's definitely, yeah. like, on the line. It's definitely it's ambiguous, but still counts as, like, you know, it is still in the canon of, like, yes. queer cinema, like, specifically to trans cinema. Totally. So, I mean, I guess, like, one of the things is just, like, is... Because one of the ideas that was explored in the movie, and it's, I think it's the second song, is the idea of someone being separated into two parts. Mm-hmm. Um, Which I think and, we should get to in more depth a little bit later. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. I'm just kind of glossing over it real quick. Um, but the idea is just like, was that kind of more of a representation of the fact that Hedwig's identity had been ripped from him? Uh, and therefore the movie was a tribute to that? Because I would say if that was the case, then no, Hedwig was not a trans woman. Whereas if it's more along the lines of the exploration of the idea of the duality of an individual being like there's a, you know, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term, there's the masculine and there's the feminine, um, is that we're referencing that? And then if that is the case, then the case could be made that Hedwig is a trans woman. So well, it's, I, I, oh, sorry, go on. Like, I think that in a lot of ways, she sort of does embody trans women. Like she has, she lives full time, you could say as a woman presenting as Mm -hmm. you might if you were trans but is that her leaning into an identity that was forced upon her is it sort of an extension of drag an extension of like the persona that she portrays as an artist or is it her like earnest identity well that's interesting because like is it less so well i feel like and obviously this is probably like completely dissimilar from the people who have this experience, but it kind of touches on the idea of transition without dysphoria, which I know is something that a lot of people have. And this is like, obviously like a completely different situation than most people who do embody that. But also Mm -hmm. like, is it less valid that she had this situation and leaned into the identity as opposed to having dysphoria and being like like personally forced into it yeah because she certainly doesn't seem to have dysphoria like dysphoria is not her emotional arc it really Mm -hmm. has nothing to do with the emotions that she experiences as a character um her only real gripe with her body is her angry inch which like i would be pissed off too which was one of the best songs. That was my favorite song in the whole show. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure we oh, all had was, different ones, but that was excellent. Yeah, that fucking angry inch song was so fucking good. Yeah, but she um, made, yeah, where she says that like you know she was happy with a dick, would have also been happy with a vagina, but got stuck in the middle. Yeah, and and I mean like also I mean like I know we're talking about whether uh, Hedwig counts as a trans woman, but we also kind of glossed over the fact that it's like. Does this also represent something like the idea of like gender fluidity or intersex as well? Yes, the, um, the wall coming down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- yeah. No, that's I. I think it's a good example, especially since like that was the focus was the Berlin Wall. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. No, I, I. I. I mean, for me, I would say that this is. I'm still not sure whether uh, she counts as a trans woman, but for me, one of the interesting things is that it also kind of shows like how gender dysphoria works but from the reverse of what like say for example all of us have gone through where it's someone who is forced to have another identity and they kind of have like a breakdown because of that um so it was almost like an idea like 
uh, you know, showing to cis people, it's like, hey, if you were forced to be this thing and you had to accept that identity, how would that affect you personally? Oh, is she dysphoric mm-hmm. uh, about being, like, feminine and having this feminine persona at the end? Like, that wasn't quite what I saw in the ending. Yeah, I think that yeah. was more of, like, a exception, like, accepting the middle place as opposed yeah. to, like, yeah. leaning too hard. But also, I want to say, because there's this, the song, the, um, what's it, Wig in a Box? Ah, uh, yes. yes. Which is a very, very, very like early transition song like i thought like if you listen to that song it actually like both subject wise and musically sounds like it could have been like a transgender dysphoria blues like b-side <laughs> yes Excellent. think about Lord it Jane think Gray. about it yeah Laura, Laura, Laura Jane Grey stole from this movie and she will be made to pay for it one day didn't we all uh, haven't we all yeah I mean we all ripped it off so I think in conclusion what we're kind of coming into is, is that Hedwig was the original centrist absolutely um, and, yeah, <laughs> gender, cent- uh, gender centrism uh, damn it <laughs> this, this is what we have to look for radical to. centrism the angry inch <laughs> yeah. I think that nobody should have a penis or a vagina we should all Maybe be somewhere in the middle. But we should all have angry inches. I don't support yeah, these like, radical extremes. She yeah. did go through an experience where she realized her life was better presenting female and she had more fun presenting female and it lent into it. But it wasn't necessarily dysphoria in the traditional sense, but it still came to the same conclusion. Well, I, I would agree. And not to get too off topic here, because I just want to make sure that we you know, kind of... Uh, approach some of the interesting things but like while, while we're talking about like gender roles and what like Hedwig felt comfortable with I think a very thing interesting thing was the exploration of gender for all the characters in this I mean oh, Hedwig yeah. was the main focus um, but there was um, the backup vocalist uh, who uh, this will be a little bit of trivia but in the stage production in every stage production the of movie. the show and in the movie um, it has been played it's a you know very bearded guy looks like a, like a biker type um, but it's always been played by uh, a woman. Uh, so it, like, even that was kind of interesting. And that character in there, their kind of journey into coming to discovery of like, I, I would argue that character is the most trans in this movie because, yeah. you know, it was like supposed to be this very... The one who uh, is drawn to femininity and to drag and to the expression of uh, alternative presentation. Not like with, with Hedwig, it was almost the other way around. She was drawn to it after had that identity had been thrust upon her, whereas with the backup vocalist, whose name I don't remember, was drawn to this, in, like, personally and almost intrinsically. Uh, yeah, I mean, Yitzhak, I think, was their name. Okay. Who, again, another appearance of Michelle Rodriguez in drag. Oh, yes, that was played by Michelle Rodriguez. Clearly. Excellent clearly. beard. Actually, they actually they did a much better job with the look. Yeah, this, this movie is about like almost 20 years old and they did a better fake beard than they did Significantly in the... better like drag king look. Michelle Rodriguez is a fake Michelle beard. Rodriguez managed in the assignment. But... Well, that was... A... I actually went... I went to a drag show last week and there was drag kings. It was just all Michelle Rodriguez. She just switched costumes. Uh, so, it was pretty gnarly. Yeah, this character I thought was really interesting because like I think the whole time like the audience especially the audience coming into this blind is like not really sure what to make of this character because it's a cis woman and you're not not really sure if they're supposed to be playing a cis man or a trans man but then this character spent the entire time sort of like connecting to their femininity through Hedvig but also this is kind of a weird uh, version of Assuming that this is supposed to be a cis man connecting, or I mean, supposedly a trans woman, you know, you know, uh, connecting mm-hmm. with their femininity, like an egg connecting with their femininity, but yes. being 
attracted to and abused by a trans woman, which is, I think, a really interesting dynamic that I'm not sure if it was an intent intentional. Yeah, but I it think was kind of eggy. But like, you kind of got, you kind of get what I mean, where it's like assuming that this character was supposed yeah. to be like a trans woman or a like male connecting with femininity, being attracted to a like dominant trans woman who in turn and like emotionally and sexually. Um, but is emo emotionally and sexually abused yeah. by that dominant figure, which is something that happens a lot in the trans community. It yeah, sure does. No, and, yeah. And without getting too much on like a, a pedestal in terms of like the predatory nature of some certain trans women, that's a that's a different topic for um but uh, also too, like not even just like you know we the, the two characters there in terms of that trans identity, but also exploring the gender roles of the other characters. For example, there's that moment where all the band members are sitting around a bed feeding the baby. Um, there is was their, uh, their manager's baby, I think, or something. I guess so, but like it was just like it was all like because the entire band is just all guys, but they're all just like hanging out with a baby and they're doing stuff and there's like no problems. It's not, and I think I like about that the most is that sometimes when there's uh, when a lot of mainstream cinema or media tries to emphasize uh, men in maternal roles, it's very ham-fisted. Mm -hmm. It's like, look, there's a guy doing stuff with a baby. Yeah, it and needs just to be like, almost this a like a spectacle, like interesting in and of itself, whereas this just sort of it, happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. They're just like, yeah, they're hanging out with a baby. Like it's, it's like, almost no sort problem. of, a, it almost, I think it's almost played for like a gag where it's just supposed to be like, you know, a way to like, these are a bunch of like angry punk rock dudes, but in, the, in their off time, they're kind of soft, which is like kind of into the thing where like, a lot of like people can get kind of upset when a because what it reminds me of is the trope of like having a big buff guy dressed really femininely mm -hmm. which is like obviously like a lot of people get upset over for it being transphobic but i think that there's like a fundamental joke of people doing like the fund like the, what we perceive as the fundamental opposite of what we perceive them to do yeah, and that, I think yeah. that that is that so is always going to be funny, and I think that that is fine. And this is another example of that, like a bunch of like tough punk rock dudes like passing around a baby, like taking care of it, is kind of the same. Well, because thing. it's it subverts your expectation, and that's kind of what comedy yeah. is. Exactly. Yeah, and but like and but and the thing I like about this comedy in specific, you know, specifically, is just the fact that it it just doesn't call too much attention to itself, and it's just like mm -hmm. it is another uh, piece on the tapestry, which is this movie. Like it's just like. It's like every little part was thought out with. Um, a really good example I would relate to a comic book would be um, the the killing joke with Batman, where it's just there's this moment in one of the panels uh, where it's, uh, I know it's kind of a weird draw from this, but I was just reading this recently. Um, and as Batman's walking to there, there's a secretary and on her desk is this little sign and detail. It just says, was it, you don't have to be crazy to work here, but it helps. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's in there and most people would just over gloss it and it's like not even that big of a deal but like it sets the mood so perfectly for the rest of the film yeah i watched that h bomber um, guy video too yeah i know I just, <laughs> god isn't he great he's so good he's a he's a trans Fuck. ally he's the best oh no he's he's like royalty at this point in time so tommy gnosis is the guy who steals all of hedwig's music and runs off with her career and abandons her emotionally which is yeah a lot like a lot of interest like trans culture revolves around this relationship because yes. the entire movie is Hedvig just basically pathetically creeping on her ex which is trans culture um, <laughs> early on Hedvig corrupting an innocent Christian twink also trans culture oh god yeah no you're right and right. also also just as a quick tangent 
Hedvig's first band is a um, she starts with a bunch of um, Korean war wives and I think starting a band of Asian expats <laughs> fronted by a trans woman is Vancouver culture that's so. extremely no, that Vancouver is, culture yeah, no. it's a very relatable <laughs> movie but oh it's so good in a darker sense the story of Tommy is very much trans culture in that he is a man a cis man who I, I don't, I'm not exactly sure, certain of his sexuality but he seems to be straight or at least straight identifying very yeah. attached to his heterosexuality who winds up in this relationship with a trans woman who he idolizes and is attracted to and has an emotional and sexual relationship with and uses as his muse artistically and then eventually becomes too ashamed of the relationship with her um, is unable to, as Hedwig says, love the front of her um, and freaks out when he winds up touching her angry inch and then runs and abans- abandons her um, and, did and you runs catch, off of their career. Um, did you catch the part where during the, com- like basically the I'm trans conversation, the bombshell noise in the background? Yes, yes, I did. Yeah. Because um, yeah, like so- her, her voice like slowly like, yeah. like drifts off into silence and it's just a... And that, that relationship of a cis man who is attracted to a trans woman, but is too ashamed to own it and uses her emotionally and sexually and creatively and then discards her when he is no longer of use to her and because he is too ashamed of her. That is deeply, deeply relatable and it stung a lot. Like that's why I found this movie so dark. Especially when it comes back later and tries to get her back and then as soon as they're found out disowns her immediately again yeah i mean like this is also like just as like a a note to that as well it's just like it's these um like you're right in terms of like like how that feels in terms of the trans person it's just like you're there for that person and then they're you're discarded once they're like well you know like i have needs too i'm a person they're like no never mind um but it's also like those like on on the on that boy side uh tommy gnosis uh, when he was younger, it's also too like it's also uh, a commentary on those. I, I say good Christian boys, but like they can be whatever naive um, boys mm-hmm. that they come from. Where it's just like you know they have this upbringing. It's you know very um, it's very clean Christian, easy cut, and then a a factor comes into their life which causes them to question it. I mean, like uh, for myself when I was younger, like there was a the, one of my first girlfriends was like this uh, goth chick, and like I was believe it or not I was like in youth ministry and all that shit which is you know it was a weird phase of my life but uh, the like I hung out with her and she just like she played uh, like she played me some music she's like here's Green Day here's Bright Eyes uh, you can wear black eyeliner and I'm just like this is fucking awesome um, and though that relationship went on a tangent she was kind of my exploration to like an alternative lifestyle and in this regardless in this regard and in this movie too uh, you have that and but it's taken to its next level which is when the push comes to shove and it's like hey it's okay to be like this the shame like you said is too much it's too ingrained there and they almost revert back to that state or rebel against it no exactly i get that where it's like and i think also like a part of that is i think the issue of the way that other people help us find ourselves can very easily turn into using people i mean on some level he did use her to explore a lifestyle that he then was not able to commit to because of those ingrained values but he doesn't like go back to being a good christian boy he's just like an emo punk 
Like, he's still singing all these songs and, like, being an edgelord. He's just sort of throwing her under the bus. And I think that's because, like, it's one of those things where he, like, if we go with those boys, as it is, um, their identity is those boys. Those boys. Uh, The sweet, sweet boys. They, their identity isn't wound up in who they are. It's what they're against um, or what they're running from. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this case, is it's basically like you know his Christian fucking um, guitar choir that he had, um, and then again in Hedwig uh, sees something that is what he wants to have, but is not brave enough to do it, um, which is kind of you know kind of eggy and does also speak to like the trans experience. Like you know you you look at the situation, you go, I want to be you know I want to be that. Like I remember when I started transition, it was like a fucking I mean, two hundred fifty pound beard. Eggy. You don't think he's eggy? I think no, he's... No, he's just kind of a twinky soft boy. Yeah, I like, I, I think that... I, I don't know. Like, I can see why, like, that is an interpretation, that he's sort of eggy and estranged from his own femininity and afraid to explore it. But I also think he's really just, like, he doesn't actually do much in terms of femininity besides wearing, like, emo boy makeup. Um, like, no, yeah, guy right. liner. And, ah, guy liner. And I think that more so than being ashamed of exploring his own femininity is just being ashamed of relating to hers. Yeah, no, totally. And engaging with hers and believing hers to be genuine. Yeah, no, I think that's way... Yeah, I think that's more accurate than what I was going for. I mean, also, Um, like, I have a grudge. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly. I am damaged. (laughs) Is it it from all the good Christian boys you've been screwing? Fucking Tommy Gnosis stole my... stole all my music, and now all I have is a podcast... And so, like, I gotta <laughs> complain about it somewhere. So, so what you're saying is our Hedwig is what the boys from Chapo? Yes. <laughs> One thing I think I want to like extrapolate, and I am assuming that this isn't intentional, but just building onto that, there's the idea of like straight culture or like mainstream culture stealing from queer culture. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. And that's yeah, certainly that's a, really good. Um, sort of on the individual level, that's what happens in this movie. But also more broadly, that's what happens yeah. socially and like in society. Well, I mean, it, yeah, it's almost like it's it happened. Like it's great because actually, now that you put it that way, and I agree, and I hadn't thought of it that way. But like that movie almost just like distract every other show we've we've reviewed up to now, and I think mm-hmm. it will for all the shows we do going forward. Where it's just like because again, like yeah, if we think back to uh, the Danish Girl, that was a movie that was advertised as queer but it was queer cinema for cis people and they kind of took that from us yeah well and also you have so you have queer music that is inherently queer and radical because of her relationship to her gender and the fact that she is radically outside of the norm being appropriated by like a cishet guy who can keep the aesthetic of it while erasing the radical aspects of it which mm-hmm. more broadly is what like mainstream culture does with counterculture. It happens with queer culture. It happens with black culture, with yeah, hip hop and the mainstreaming of hip hop. I, I was gonna say that the only way that this could be more accurate is if there was a black band following around Hedwig that she stole all of her songs yes, from. That, that's, <laughs> that's really what this movie is missing, is the fact yeah. that a lot of that. white queer culture is appropriated from black culture. Oh my god, that's too fucking funny. I really, you know, they uh, need to make a sequel where that's the premise. Yeah. And there was actually a version of the stage play where uh, Hedwig was played by Tay Diggs, a black man. So That's that, dope. 
ties it all together. So throughout this, there's these two uh, themes that we've touched on where it's both the separation and uh, coming together of Berlin, like before and after the Berlin Wall, along with uh, a take on Plato's uh, symposium specifically the part where he's talking uh where it's aristophanes talking about the story about how originally all creatures were like two in one body and then one time uh zeus split them all in half and love is finding the separated part of you and it's this idea of the split self and identifying or looking at gender through that and I think we wanted to talk a little bit about yeah that God, this movie is so the, highbrow it's the it is yeah. the intellectual rocky horror yeah, yeah absolutely and it, is. it basically packages it all in like punk rock dick jokes like it's so good right yeah and so the theory of gender presented here is for one presented through this metaphor of the Berlin Wall where H- Hedwig was born the year the Berlin Wall came up and most of the events of the movie take place in the years after its fall. And sort of the her her relationship to her gender and her um, surgery and her transition all have to do with her trying to cross over the separation of Germany, trying to cross over to West Germany and live a life of freedom. And mm-hmm. so that as a metaphor for crossing over gender, crossing over this impenetrable barrier is interesting well it's all yeah and it's also because they could have picked a lot of um symbolic uh moments in history to kind of showcase that but i think the berlin wall was a really good example too because of yeah because of not only just that but because of the uh um like the 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 nature of what it was like on the other side like it was very dark and cold and uncaring and unloving um a metaphor for masculinity yeah well i mean actually now you mentioned that i mean like maybe it's Oh, maybe we approached this wrong where it was just the whole idea of, like it was mostly about like men embracing their feminine with that the Berlin Wall coming down can come to mean interesting things if you look at sort of West and East Germany as this gender binary that um, Hedwig is forced to fully traverse in order to live life on the other side um, and gain the benefits of the other side that she was seeking um, the Berlin Wall coming down which coincidentally was coming down in a time when gender norms were beginning in sort of this embryonic stage to be challenged in a way that has been growing since. And we are living in an outgrowth of that. And so the Berlin Wall comes to represent this enforced authoritarian binary that you have to live on either side of. And it coming down leaves the room for fluidity and for Mm. a challenging and a subversion of the binary. That's my yeah. hot take. Uh, no, I think that's actually a really good uh, way to look at it as well. And also, too, just the, the fact that matters, like, when he got over the wall, or she, I, because it was like, in the he state going to the she yeah. state, when uh, he, she eventually got over the wall, um, the idea was it was going to be a better life, and it actually wasn't. Um, and I think if we kind of go along this analogy, I think it's uh, when we go to, like, the trans experience, uh, 
I think one of those things, I think it's a really good commentary on the fact that like, you know, transition will fix that part of you, but it won't fix everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember welcome that's like what my, my doctor- Welcome t- to my medium article. Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, thanks for coming to my TED talk. But yeah, like it's, it's one of those things like transition will fix the dysphoria, but like everything else about you is, um, that is a problem is still going to be a problem. Well, and when you're um, still existing within a binary gender state, that is inherently oppressive. Like the sort of the, yeah. the rigid patriarchal binary is oppressive to everybody because yeah. binary, like binaristic patriarchal conceptions of gender are oppressive to everybody. And like picking a side, and even if that side is more comfortable, doesn't mean that all of that baggage is going to go away. You know, you're becoming a woman, being a woman fucking sucks, dude. And it's it, like, but like, I think that's the thing is like a lot, a lot of the moments in the movie when uh, people were not having to adhere to their gender. Mm-hmm. Uh, roles they were that's when they were happiest uh, even again not to come back to it but the uh, or not to drive this point home too much but like like all the members in the band yeah they were kind of rocking and stuff like that but they didn't look terribly happy and then there's that moment in their own the hotel and they're just laughing and joking and hanging out with the kid yeah like there, there's there's these moments in there where it's just the the filmmaker does a really good job of kind of like laying out that like hey the moment when you don't have to worry about these things or you're just being yourself that's when you're happiest uh, fucking Hedwig on a bunch of tires just like you know the equivalent of what drinking in the graveyard uh, with a bunch of people just like yeah I'm just telling you a story those are the moments it's like when the binary gets enforced or any of those rules right. that's when uh, things just get really bad right and so that sort of ties into the other area in which this movie deals with metaphor which is the idea of gender as this artificial separation of a whole where all people were once well in this sort of platonic state of all gender of non-binary encompassing masculinity and femininity and being split apart is sort of destructive um there's that quote when eve was still inside of adam it was paradise it was when she was separated from adam that paradise was lost so when she enters him again paradise will be regained which is that quote rules but also it does tie into that idea of you wind up being happier when you are existing in a state that isn't limited by this artificially constructed and staked out binary yeah and uh, like everybody in the movie suffered for having to adhere to that binary Mm -hmm. and honestly i think that's a really good commentary on just day-to-day life like it just it really is people should just be allowed to do whatever the hell they want because i think if you split masculinity and femininity so wide Mm -hmm. that only one gender gets access to it which obviously we know there's you know it's fluid um it's damaging to people just to be able to be themselves Mm -hmm. and explore whatever parts they want to explore like you know the whole idea of like uh this doesn't get talked a lot about but like the idea of like if someone comes out and they say they're gay and then they after a while realize that they're not and there's like a shame associated with that but like there should be like if someone's trying to figure their shit out or trying to figure out who they are and they think i think i'm going to be gay and you know they try and it's not for them because that does happen sometimes and that's in my mind that's perfectly fine you're just trying to figure stuff out it's no different than you're like oh i'm gonna try to do baseball and i'm gonna see if i'm a baseballer or i'm gonna try photography yeah no it's Um, it's it's not just about arriving at the right place like that stumbling um process of exploration is itself beautiful and is itself an end you know it's learning about yourself and about what makes you happy and what doesn't yeah and And that's like you're always moving forward in that process 
Yeah, I think one of my favorite quotes when it comes to when I was trying to improve my mental health is no matter where you go in the world, there you are. And so that's the truth with this movie as well. It's just like no matter where Hedwig went, there Hedwig was. Yeah, and the implications are kind of, the implications are interesting because it sort of gets into the idea of, you know, how many people who transition are splitting the difference, are sort of settling for the best thing available. And I think that it opens up, it creates an interesting case study for like non-binary trans people, people Mm -hmm. who, you know, might historically have had to pick one binary or the other and have to go through this this, this period of self-exploration to find the person they are, like, which I think all of us, even if you do end up being a fairly binary trans person, there is a a journey that you have to take of yeah. self-acceptance where you do need to go you need to look at the far end of one side on one side and look at the far mm-hmm. end of the other side and decide where you're happy well yeah. yeah and i think part of what this movie has to say is that everyone compromises with gender so long as there is this binary you know it, it if if there's the berlin wall you kind of have to pick between west berlin or east berlin and both of them aren't going to be perfect fits for you because both, both of them have good and bad aspects. Um, yeah, and the just best... as if, if your only options are man and woman and they come loaded with all of this baggage, sure, you might be happier on one side of that wall, but so long as the wall exists, you're going to be restricted and you're going to be compromising. Um, there's that quote, like, instead of changing society, like I, I had the choice between changing myself or changing society and I chose to change myself because I could not change society. And yeah, I think and that is was, where a lot of people wind up with gender. Yeah, and everyone was happiest when the wall finally came down. They were able to yeah. go back and forth between them without any problems. Um, no, I think it was very good in that point. Uh, this has been a more heavier subject, so I'd like to give one of my favorite quotes in the movie uh, where uh, young Hedwig uh, uh, is watching his favorite TV show, which is uh, uh, The Jesus Show. Um, and uh, the mom turns it off and the boy says to the mom, uh, Jesus died for our sins. And the mom said, so did Hitler. It's better, so, yeah, it's be- it's better to be powerless. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it was fucking so hell. fucking good. Well, it's kind of funny because also like another good quote is that it, um, and this is kind of coming away from it, is that after she, you know, has a botched uh, um, sex change and also, just another tangent, I want to say one of the best uh, quotes is when she's, like, talking about that and says, you know, she woke up and she was bleeding down there. My t- I've only been... <laughs> fuck, where's, where's the... A, first day as a woman first, and it's already yeah. my time of the month. Yeah, it's so good. Oh, that's oh. a good line. But then, you know, like, she goes to this horror, this traumatic experience, moves, moves across the country, then her partner leaves her for another person so she's left alone and then she looks at the tv and the berlin wall is felled or the berlin wall has fallen mm-hmm. and yeah. like all she needed to do was wait a couple months and she could have she could have gotten out which i don't know what the implications of that are but it's sort of an interesting yeah wrench thrown into the theme of the story <laughs> and she totally. looks so heartbroken in that moment mm-hmm. because you know um like the gi says to walk away, to walk away from East Germany, you gotta leave something behind. To be free, one has to give up a little part of oneself, and I know just the doctor to take it. And that mm-hmm. sort of comes up with this idea of compromising with the gender binary. And then, so she did, 
and she lost a part of herself and now she's looking back and realizing that she might not have had to yeah and then uh, it's basically coming to terms with will she ever get it back mm-hmm. and I think like I don't know I think by the end of the movie that she did in a sense which is just acceptance you know mm-hmm. I, it's 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 a heavy-handed metaphor but the idea of her walking naked down the street it's kind of like all to bear everyone to see it and like it's interesting because like as she's walking down the alleyway to the streets um there's people walking by and no one pays her any any mind and it's just the idea of she's yeah. like when you're being yourself then nobody really cares like or sorry like nobody like you are you're basically above other people's judgment actually yeah. i want to um go back to that quote like the idea of like the implication of transition and you know because I think we go into transition with the idea that you have to leave something behind, which we all kind of accept, and then coming out the other side and realizing you didn't have to. And this is just coming to me now because I was absolutely terrified to transition, like, like apps, like cripplingly terrified. That's why yeah. it took me oh, like totally. as long as it did. And then going through it, like pretty much everybody I was afraid of reacting badly reacted fine and like at a certain point i realized like obviously there are terrifying things out there in the world but mm-hmm. the things i was most scared of were all in my head the, mo- the things i was most scared of did not happen and that i had absolutely no business waiting for and yeah which is like a traumatic a tra- almost a traumatic thing to go through because then you realize like i was so scared yeah. and i spe- i waited so long for something that wasn't even there there's another quote that i think speaks to that Sorry, I've got so many written down. Um, She says, when she's reminiscing about her childhood, how to get over the wall. People died trying. Such were the thoughts troubling my tiny head. And the sort of idea of her ruminating over the fact that getting over the wall was a suicide mission. You know, that she was going to get shot by snipers if she even thought to try. And in that sort of moment where the, the stakes seem so unbelievably high... Um, I think speaks to what you were saying about your own experience. Yeah, and I mean, it's like on my end too, and just kind of complimenting reason. Like, I lost most of the people I knew in my transition. Like, I, I, it's funny. I actually thought the opposite of Re, which was just that I'm like, oh my, my, the people that I'm with will be there for me, and mm-hmm. they pretty much all disappeared. But the part where I finally became happiest with my transition and where I was was when I just accepted who I was as an individual transition being a part of that and I was infinitely more happier than I was when those people were in my life so again kind of speaking to the end of the movie which is the whole idea that like when you lay it all to bear then you're above the judgment of others and you just simply don't care and that's where I'm at and like it's funny enough too it was a lot through punk music and stuff like that 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 I got to that place so this movie has a special place in my heart for that reason so uh obviously a lot of talk about this episode uh there was a lot to talk about yeah it got pretty heavy uh thanks for bearing with us this is uh you know this is definitely a different episode than we've done in the past just because because it's a a like a more highbrow more intellectual movie it's also i think deals with a lot more concrete themes you know we're not picking the bones here we have like a full meal to eat you know Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so, uh, I mean, without kind of giving up the game too much, we'll, we'll go to the question that we always ask at the end of the show is, is this mm-hmm. good representation? Um, I'll leave it up to one of y'all to start off with, and then we'll kind of just go around. Uh, so for me, this movie has always been in sort of a similar place to Rocky Horror, where I think that it can be very, very good for like trans and otherwise queer people. 
to like ex- used as as a fun exploration of mm-hmm. identity and just like a fun clowning of it as well as touching on some deeper things but also i would never want this to be the first like much like rocky horror i would never want this to be the first queer piece of media for a cis person to see yeah which is sometimes the case and like i certainly agree see i kind of thought it was generally just fantastic like i don't think it was very problematic i don't think it had anything that i have major gripes with i mean certainly it leaves a lot up to interpretation in terms of its solid take on gender or what is hedwig's identity in the end we aren't fully sure but in doing so, it doesn't ever punch down and it never, I think, prescribes ideas that are harmful. It's very raw and very honest and like certainly portraying an experience that is not common. I don't think that many of us are like East Berlin sex workers with a botched bottom well, surgery. Speak for, speak for yourself, all right? Well, because yeah, but again, it's like, like Rocky Horror. The moment it becomes problematic is when you assume that this is the story of a trans person. Well, yeah. Yeah, no, I, um, for me personally, it's funny, I actually take the opposite position to Ree, uh, in terms of, um, I would definitely show this, like, if, if, like my brother is just kind of coming to his own in terms of understanding um, you know what queer culture is not because he's gay but my brother bless his soul is one of those people who like asked me is like why is there a gay pride parade not because he's being malicious but because he generally never got to ask the question never had to think about it um, mm-hmm. so like if he ever comes to me he's like hey you know can you show me a movie this will probably be uh, the first movie I show him because I think I think it does I think it translates a very good universal theme of just the whole idea of what people you know the, the similarity the similarities between what cis people go through and trans people which is just like we're all transitioning into something we're not necessarily you know for us it's very heavy-handed we're transitioning in you know physically but yeah. some people are just going to different roles of their life becoming mothers fathers uh jobs moving to different uh provinces where people speak french and i don't so i have to learn a language uh it's transition as a universal theme and understanding too that like I don't know, like, if I was, like, a completely just uh, greenhorn uh, Christian boy watching this show uh, with an earnest heart, mind yeah. you, um, and I saw that, and the, the whole idea of just, like, you know, being able to explore both femininity and masculinity, that would be a good place This that this movie presents the question of, like, why can't you do that? And yeah. then you start to realize that there's no good answer for that. Sort of to build on what Ree said about this like it becomes problematic when you assume that it is the story of a trans person i think more so it becomes problematic when you assume that it is the story of trans people um, yeah that's, and that's, it, that's what i meant that's more what yeah I meant. and i i no, think that fair. often often what i think people deep down want with representation is a movie that portrays the experience accurately which is impossible um, yeah, and is never different. going to be anything more than simplistic and um, messy. And yeah. I think what this movie does is it takes one person's experience, which is very messy and very complicated, and it portrays it earnestly and it portrays it sympathetically. And in doing so, I think it does a much better job of dealing with these themes than something that tried to be broader. Yeah, and I mean, it also, too, like, I. I think one of the things I like most about this movie, even with that idea and taking it further, is just like 
there is so much to unpack from this movie because even as we've been talking, I'm just like, oh, what about that? I wonder no, if me that too. means yeah. that. And it's just like I know I'm, we could like, go for another hour. Yeah, no, we we're I'm gonna have to cut out so much from this, and it's such a fucking. This is why we're gonna have Patreon soon, so I can put all the extra stuff up. Yeah. Um, like this is my fourth time seeing this film, and it's still just like it blows me away every single time. Like it's I phenomenal. actually I cry at the end of it every single time. Like I cried about it when I watched it today, and it's yeah. just yeah. So in terms of just like summarizing, uh, is a good representation. I think it, it to some degree yes like you know Amy said there's no one thing I can show you like this is the trans person because we're not homogenous because there's um, no such thing as good representation exactly and so would this be a movie I would say is like good queer cinema absolutely yeah this no is I would agree with that best. 100% this is yeah. one of the best even out of queer cinema this is one of the best movies I've ever watched uh, the soundtrack is phenomenal art direction is incredible the actors do a bang up job it's also I know this is a small thing but it's the exact amount of run time that needs to exist mm-hmm. and it's also universal like uh, Ree you mentioned that uh, the gentleman from Hamilton uh, is playing on the I stage might have as been, well I might have been wrong with that, about that I'm well, whatever. Sure it's canonical now it's, it's canonical now it's just we're going to say Hamilton is Hedwig but yeah, no, I think this is probably one of the best pieces of cinema It was David ever. Diggs. David Diggs was in Hamilton. That was a racist assumption of me. So I apologize. <laughs> oh, no. So this is what we're going out with. All right, cool. That's Maybe fine. we should just okay. cut that bit. No, absolutely not. Wait, wait, wait. They're brothers. Well, so I just mix, I just mix up their first <laughs> oh, names. Well, Maybe is, we should uh, just cut that bit. I think we should just cut no, that bit. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Davy Diggs is a, is a legend. T- Tay Diggs is also a legend. We celebrate <laughs> late Black yeah. History Month. Oh, my God. Anyways, thank you all again for joining us. Uh, this has been a great episode. This has been one of the actual few movies that I think this is a much-needed break for all of us mm-hmm. from the absolute shit most of us have been watching. Are yeah, you saying no, I'm so that glad. the assignment was shit? Oh, I still can't get it out of my head. There was no action in an action movie. What the fuck? Why? I mean, it's one of my favorite uh, movies, but I will accept your constructive criticism, Madeline. Oh, but, <laughs> thank you. No, thank you. Uh, this Although is why maybe we're no you should have just told me that when we were watching it. <laughs> no. I wanted you to find out two episodes after the fact. That you hated my favorite uh, movie. <laughs> All right, so, um, uh, yeah, so I guess uh, just to kind of wrap things up, uh, I'm Madeline Hops. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at rabbit underscore is dead. Uh, in terms of things, I'll be, I'll be off and on. Like I said, I'm moving across the country mm-hmm. in about T-minus 20-ish days. Um, I will be uh, looking to film uh, a short video essay uh, that I will probably shamelessly plug somehow on this show, like I'm doing right now. Um, so yeah, I'm all about cool as well. shameless plugging. Oh, just. Uh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh. oh God. Anyways, uh, the rest of you. <laughs> I'm Amelia Blair. You can find me on Twitter at lavender ashtray. I don't do anything. I'm a broken academic. I'm Ree Carter. I've mostly just been angry at the world tweeting for the last little while so hopefully i'll just get back to shit posting uh shit posting what would be the world be without it at at riri carter ah thank you yes uh perfect and so and remember just because it's bad doesn't mean it's not good thank you again for joining us and we'll see you all in two weeks Bye-bye. bye bye bye